Uh, welcome. This is a podcast that we call Welcome to the Foot. <laughs> I cannot speak. It's fine. It's fine. I got it. Do welcome it. to One Foot on the Ground. This is Johnny. This is Ashley. <laughs> and today we are discussing a film called Amarcord. 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 What? Oh, I just realized yeah. they probably never say it in the film. No. <laughs> Amarcord. Um, it. it uh, yeah, and it's from, uh, oh, shit, 1975? Oh. Yeah? Is it no. 75? It's 73. Is it 73? Oh, God, I'm yeah, going to get roasted. It, Johnny, that is the last thing you, you need to worry about. Let me the pull year? out my Fellini lexicon real quick here. <laughs> get out. <laughs> see yourself out 1973 thank you you were right and i was definitely wrong i i don't know why i always i always get that one messed up uh i think technically casanova's 1975 but there's like a delay for america or something i don't know maybe i'm wrong or maybe it was listed wrong somewhere and i just never got that out of my head you've also been very very public about not ever knowing um released years or having troubles with it and it released in uh the united states of america in 1974 74 and so it was it won the oscar in 75 because it would have been for the 74 season right or 74 this won an oscar (laughs) (laughs) wow that's um (laughs) i'm not sure (laughs) how to take that uh, it did. I know. <laughs> it won the Oscar for Best Foreign Film, and he was also nominated for Best Director that year at the Academy. Um, because he's fucking Federico Fellini. Um, so Ashley, why don't you tell me what is this movie about? <laughs> this movie seems to be about. My interpretation is that it's a. A year of life within a Marcord? Amaracord? Amaracord. Well, Amaracord? Technically, uh, no. All right. Well, I mean, you're right. You can, you're right. You can F the no, O. No, no, <laughs> no, no you are correct, sort of. It, the, the name of the town is an Amaracord. Um, it, it would technically be Ramini. Actually, I think they have a fake name for the town in the movie. I believe oh, says it. Oh, you know it. what? You're, you're right. You're right. Because I, rem- I remember the, I don't know, the homeless guy, whoever's narrating the story. The lawyer? Is he the, ta- is he the village idiot? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> he's going to sue your ass. Um, <laughs> for slander <laughs> the guy on the bike right uh he i don't know he just keeps turning around to like tell us more and like laughing at the whatever uh yeah like whatever's going on he gave us the history of a. Uh, oh man i'm gonna butcher all of these names it's fine and grid gradish gradishka yeah. 
Yeah, and that and that her name was given at the Grand Hotel, but her actual oh, girl. name is like whatever. Oh, girl. That guy. We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm certain. I'm certain we will. Yeah. yeah. But it's like for uh, it just seemed because and early on I was like, this isn't really going anywhere. I just think that this is like <laughs> seasons of this town. We get to see four seasons from beginning to end. Uh, and we don't really follow, I don't know, like a, a narrative that at least I could, I like grasped onto other than, uh, Gradiska, who we'll get into that. And, uh, the <laughs> blonde boy, um, who <laughs> I could not tell how old he was because I was like, is he just getting dressed down? He looks like he's dressed like that little boy from the Audrey Hepburn movie, Charade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he Jean, also looks like Jean he's Louis. in his 20s. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. So <laughs> everything you're saying is is correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one I is, watched it. This one is, this one is uh, so... Uh, in retrospect, when I when I was trying to choose a film, I I want to do more Fellini, <laughs> and you know I'm apprehensive about it, but um, uh, because of how much I hate Fellini. <laughs> good God, I hope that's not true. Um, the the silence. <laughs> you were like, wait a minute, what? What? Um, no, he. It, it's just because I haven't brought you to. I haven't I haven't actually let you watch and not let you but you know what I mean I haven't picked one for the podcast yeah, you have a, a hold on what I get to watch <laughs> yeah you don't get to see these um I haven't really selected one that like had a, a, a logical script with a logical story if that makes sense yeah. the two that I've picked so far are his <laughs> at, what do you call Ennui. it Eight and a half was was on we, and I'll fight anybody who says it's otherwise. Uh, but what is like, on it was we? like his. It's like that existential feeling of God, like a dread or an emptiness or mm. like, you know. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure it's like a French word to, de- to describe that. But yeah, him like not 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 really knowing like where to go uh, with his like career he's like in like a weird existential place and he keeps like going back into the past in his memory and like blah 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 blah. yeah uh we all we all watched eight and a half we know yeah um, we did oh yeah we did <laughs> um uh so and that's kind of what am i saying to you i'm saying words that make sense to you yeah you're, you're doing great uh, <laughs> this is exactly what the film is like uh <laughs> yes we, we have no direction. We don't know where we're going. Um, no. So basically, up until he did La Dolce Vita, all of his films were like, you know, like a film that you would have, are, are used to. Like a, the structure is, is I'm telling a story. This is a script. This is, you know, act one, two, three. You know what I mean? Like you're going somewhere with it. I think the only one up until... La Dolce Vita, well, two, I would say. Two of them were a little bit kind of like what he would eventually do. La Strada and Knights of Kiberia were, you you do follow very specific people throughout the whole thing. Like in 
Lestrada, you're following um, the strong man, and uh, I mean Gelsamina. I don't, I don't know exactly his assistant. Um, you're you're following them and their journey, and then in Knights of Kiberia, you're following Kiberia, obviously, who's a um, a uh, sex worker, and the, but those two are kind of what he would end up doing later in life with all of his all of his films. Basically, is it's episodic, like you're looking at different parts of their life, but it doesn't really it does have an overall emotional arc to the stories, but he's just giving it to you differently. He, he basically, in my opinion, I think he, he changed the structure of what film could be with these films. And especially with um, La Dolce Vita, because nobody had seen something like that before where you're just following Marcello Mastriani while he's, you know, doing this and that and this and that, like, there's really no narrative at all. Like, it's just, hey, we're going to follow this guy and see what he does, basically. And when you get to the end, it does have a very beautiful, emotional kind of like, and we haven't done that one yet, so you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it, it it does kind of have a cohesiveness. But the I think the problem, not the problem, but the, the interesting thing about these films that he did, like where they don't have that structure that you're used to is you don't, I would say the first time I saw La Dolce Vita, I didn't really get what the hell was going on. I mean, I knew that we were following this guy and things were happening, but it's not like you got to the end of it and you're like, oh, well, you know, that was just so fulfilling and I cannot wait to see it again. I mean, <laughs> it sits with you and you're like, okay, I'm going to have to watch it again because what, what just happened? <laughs> like, what did I just sit three hours for? And, and little Jiffy is very long. Um, so when he did that, he kind of changed the structure of film sort of, and he gave you something else. He didn't give you what everybody else was doing, which is amazing. And then when little Jevita was so successful, and I think I've told this before, probably when we did eight and a half, but when that was so successful, he did not know what to do next because he's like, well, shit, everybody's watching me now. My next project's got to be something fucking good. So I got to do something. And eight and a half is what resulted. And it was basically, he just filmed his frustration with not knowing what to do next, which was fascinating. And of course it was even bigger than little <laughs> Jimmy. So it was like, oh shit. Well, now what do I do? So <laughs> And he kind of, uh, from then on, all of his films kind of, they, I don't know how to explain it. They, they kind of all kind of do that where there's not a technical like narrative that makes sense. It's not structured the way that a normal film would be structured, but because it's Fellini and you've been on these experiences with him, you're kind of used to it. So at a certain point, when you've seen a lot of Fellini's films, you get used to the idea that you're not going to see something that's normal. You're going to experience what he wants you to experience. And that's, that's what it is. Um, and with this one, he, he did have very specific things he wanted to say, because I, I would say that he got a little chaotic from about eight and a half until this film. Like there was a lot of like, 
ups and downs and weird things and like am i even making a film is this complete what am i doing what is this what you know (laughs) you're you're going through all those films like that where you're like not exactly sure what's going on and then he gets to this one and i think because it is him reminiscing on his past in a small town in italy is what gives it the the emotional kind of um for me anyway, it gives you kind of an emotional attachment to it that feels right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it feels nostalgic in the way that you would expect it to be nostalgic because of what he does with it. And and <laughs> and we're going to go into more details on the different sections, but my favorite thing to me was always when I saw this film, it was like a cartoon. It wasn't like a presentation of very, very realistic things. It was like, because everybody's basically wearing the exact same clothes throughout the whole movie. Like, you don't really see them out of their costumes very much. So, like, the boy that you were talking about, like, he's always wearing that striped shirt and the shorts, you know. And the hat. And the hat. <clears throat> that that's for whatever reason missing its propeller yeah gradiska um she's always well not always but she's normally wearing either red or white um and the same basic shape yeah like she, she has the same silhouette yeah she has she the same has, like, silhouette. pointy shoulders mm-hmm. <clears throat> um and that gorgeous hair and those red lips oh my gosh she's beautiful <laughs> um so but basically what all of like what when you were describing the film it's true like it, it is what you said but i would say and i've seen it many many times so i've kind of gotten used to the structure of it sort of it basically does follow the one family like the boy that you were talking well, about his yeah. mom and dad and his grandfather his uh, his younger brother it follows them basically like those are the that's right. the core of the movie is that family. Um, And then all the other bits are kind of fragmented off from that. Like you do get to see all the different characters in that small town, the way that Fellini wants you to see them, but they all kind of interact with that family. So, so the, the family is the, the heart of the film, which is a beautiful thing to think about. Um, Because it, that's, I love that. (laughs) It's beautiful. Um, so <laughs> how to talk about this film i i broke it down into the different sections so we could talk about it kind of piece by piece almost but are okay. is there anything that you wanted to say right off the bat uh i no no let's go in piece by piece and i will get into it as we go because i do okay. have some things to say because <laughs> there, there is some stuff in here that when i watched it this time i think i watched it a little more critically because i knew you were watching it at the same time and perfect it was kind of interesting to me because a lot of it i felt like he could have cut it out <laughs> he could have cut a lot of this out uh- <laughs> yeah and that was that was a very much why I was like, all right, so if I, I, I'll forgive this if it's about the town. <laughs> you know, like, and also, John, also, no, 
No, tell me, tell me the section that you're going to talk. Okay. About. So let's start with, um, first of all, I love that he gives you, um, Nino Rota, of course, does the scores for most of Fleming's films. Um, and in, in, even after Nino passed, because uh, the last film that he worked on with Fellini was 79. It was uh, orchestra rehearsal, which was fucking gorgeous. Um, but after he passed away, Fellini always found a way to incorporate some Nina, Nina, Nina I was going to say Nina, Nina Simone. No, <laughs> Nino Rota. Uh, <laughs> alphabetically very close to each other um, on my playlist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they uh he always kind of used him but um but i loved well i mean i love all of it so it's hard to say that but this is one of i think nino's better scores for his films i mean they're all good but uh casanova is my favorite but i think this one and julietta the spirits are right neck and neck with casanova i think the the music for this film is absolutely stunning and i think that carries that nostalgic feeling throughout the entire film, if that makes sense. Like as soon as it opens, like you have the black screen with the opening credits and he's basically giving you an overture, which, you know, old films used to do back in the day. Um, but he's giving you that Nino Rota Amarcord thing. And I love that he did that because it, it basically kind of gets you in the right state of mind for the film in my opinion anyway because that music is just as soon as it starts you're it's it's automatic you're automatically on board you're like oh oh this is nice um i don't know if you felt the same way but i love the music yeah yeah it's it's fucking beautiful um it, it's a it's also a beautifully photographed film oh yeah it's very uh, beautifully photographed the the score was beautiful. The picture was beautiful. The boys were little fucking shits. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> so it opens up. Uh, of course, Amarcord is the first thing you see um, on the screen. And I don't know about yours. Well, did you did you watch it on HBO Max? I did. Okay, because I can't remember. I did watch it also on HBO Max just because I was too lazy to go over to my Blu-ray player and put it on. <laughs> oh, I thought it was available on Criterion because I was thinking about it watching is. it on Criterion. Oh, on the oh on the Criterion channel, the it channel. might be. Yeah, I, I didn't. No, even get that it's. Far. I know it's number four in the Criterion spines. Oh yes, number four in that gray. Do you know what number one was? Uh, no. Let me guess. Oh, Eraserhead. I was wrong. <laughs> In my head, it was something else, but it's, I think it's Grand Illusion. Anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was Seven Samurai, but Seven Samurai might be two or three. I can't remember. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> uh, Seven Samurai is number two. Grand Illusion is number one. What's number three? Uh, the Lady Vanishes. Oh, and then Amrecord. Um Yes. We're not going to list all of the criteria. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. G1567. <laughs> uh, good job, Fellini and Kurosawa getting in there. Jean Renoir. Um, <clears throat> so. And Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, yeah, Mr. Alfred. That was who you missed. No, I knew it was him. I just, whatever. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. Um, he's like, his movies right. can be good. 
but he made there. way too many of them. <laughs> whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He whoa, did. Whoa, I'm whoa, sorry, whoa. dude. I mean, I mean, so did like Igmar Bergman. Yeah, but his got, were like all a lot. quality. I feel like <laughs> Hitchcock was like, well, I wouldn't say that. Not all of Igmar's were quality. You know what? Let's just, the only person that had quality 100% all the way through was probably Stanley Kubrick. I don't think, I don't think many other people, <laughs> even Fellini had his flaws, but whatever. Um, so <laughs> we'll get into those another day. Um, so it starts off with the record, of course, uh, the, the opening of the like Amber, the, the, the opening card or whatever the title and record underneath it. It usually says, I remember because technically it's a translation of, I remember, but it's from the dialect of the town that he came, grew up in, which was Ramini. Um, <clears throat> and even he has stated that that's not exactly true. So who knows? I mean, <laughs> Fellini's full of that kind of stuff. He, um, in fact, one of the better documentaries about him is, is called I'm a Born Liar. With, <laughs> he's just really good at it. Um, <laughs> he lies about everything. Who knows what's the truth? And with these kind of films, that's kind of the same thing. Like he is reminiscing, but it's not, it, it could or could not be about him. Who knows? He says that, <laughs> A lot of this is not about him, but <clears throat> he, I mean, he said that about eight and a half too, didn't he? And yeah, he sa- like, he says that about this most is about you, buddy, and the same for Eraserhead. Like, <laughs> oh, this isn't about me and like my fear of becoming a father. And it's like, are you sure? Because yeah, like we see it. <laughs> it. Well, it's just like even Somebody's even Inter Vista, which has a character that's literally supposed to be a young Fellini, and he's like, "No, it's not autobiographical." I don't know what you're talking about, even though it <laughs> it goes through everything that I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it walks us through his childhood. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've read, we know. Um, <laughs> He he was like that though, but uh, whatever. It's that's who he was. But um, um, I will uh, pause onto that. I will say that there have been many a time where I have created something, and people will uh, be like, "Oh yeah, no, like this is obviously you," and I'll be like, "You're outside of your mind." But then in time, I'll look back on it, and I'll be like. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely about me. I just didn't realize it when I was making oh. it. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, because when you're creative, you do put yourself into the oh, thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if you allow yourself to anyway. And yeah. uh, and so sometimes, you know, you put in certain things that you didn't necessarily intend mm-hmm. or you didn't necessarily have words to define, which is like the beauty of art. Um, but, you know, like just it's okay to be self-reflective and to be like you know what you did absolutely i was worried about being a father all right <laughs> absolutely like I, I can't stop thinking about that woman by the beach all right <laughs> <laughs> which yeah we we saw eight and a half we saw this movie we know that there was a a a, a promiscuous lady on the beach <laughs> Take those coins, girl. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was like this woman again. <laughs> exactly, uh, and he does have his archetypes, like his characters mm-hmm. that run through all his films, especially later. 
You know what I mean? Like you see the exact same. And I've talked about this before, like especially with him doing uh, all of his films basically silent because they didn't have, uh, Chinachito wasn't set up for sound recording or whatever. <laughs> so all of his yeah. films were dubbed because they didn't feel like upgrading the sound stages to be sound stages. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, by the way, when we were watching or when I was watching this film, uh, there was a bit where somebody was playing a flute. And I was like, that is not the sound of a flute. <laughs> it's like a piccolo or something. Yeah, it was so- it was something. And I was like, that is the wrong instrument. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what you get. Uh <laughs> And Fellini would, I think Fellini preferred it because then he was able to take the visual of this person and put the voice that he wanted to it. Because you'll notice that going through a lot of his films where you always see that little old lady that looks that way and she'll have Mm -hmm. that same voice, like in every single one of them, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Even to the extent of Casanova, which Donald Sutherland did do his own, you know, voice for the american version but if you watch the italian version like with the italian dub it is spectacular how fellini was able to match that bizarre looking man with a voice that matched it logically i don't know how to explain it like donald was kind of whiny and like (laughs) i mean he, he was great but I, I prefer the Italian version because it visually makes sense for it to have that voice coming out of it, if that makes sense. Like he knew how to, whatever he had in his head, he was going to get there somehow. And even though he couldn't with the English version of that film, because, you know, Donald Sutherland was a big star, <laughs> he, you know, he dubbed it the way he wanted in Italian, which I thought was spectacular. Um, but anyway, with this one, I can't remember why I brought that up. Whatever. I don't know. Same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he puts the different um, characters in all the films. Uh, but yeah. anyway, so it opens up with Amarcord, I Remember, which is automatically kind of a lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a made-up word. A made-up word. Um, yeah. And then we get the puffballs is basically how the film starts. And yeah. Uh, I liked I that as part of the opening. I really, yes. I was into it and I was like, let's see what's going on. And it kind of reminded me of like a Christmas story, which I know you did not love, but I do <laughs> love that movie. And I was like, here we go. This is going to be where Fellini turns me around. <laughs> oh, and he didn't, did he? Uh, um, I No, I have ups and downs with the film. I thought overall it was pretty all right. Um, which is obviously a raving review and but there were there are other parts and we can get into it but there are just some parts that like I don't think I'll ever connect with with Fellini because we don't have a shared experience if that makes sense yes like every how how do I how do I put this he it's like for me anyway it's kind of obvious that one dude wrote all of it you know and it's not like it's like all the characters are variants of the same person so i can see how this movie is him being nostalgic Mm -hmm. you know because it if it very much feels 
like the same guy is in all of these characters in some form uh and that being said there's also a lot of like like the boys who are very (laughs) like Fellini is just like a really horny teenager yeah all the time he's always like um looking at the ladies mostly like all the characters are always talking about women and their figures genitalia jizzing uh and it's and it seems to be the theme across the board instead of um i don't know maybe like some person uh, the only person who shames anybody for sex which i don't think you should shame people for sex no No. um is the priest and Mm -hmm. it's in such a way (laughs) that like i was like oh you know this is this is criticism fellini got as a kid (laughs) oh yeah like how many times have you touched yourself like he's just like super (laughs) focused on them masturbating and then they're like only once to try it and then they're all masturbating in the car together oh Um, yeah oh yeah yeah which Uh, group (laughs) masturbation was never a thing i did and i've only (laughs) i (laughs) i think i was only kind of introduced to the idea i mean other than gay porn uh it when I saw Fellini films and I was like, did guys do this? This is like a thing because this is not the only time he's done this in a movie. He's done other movies where there's men masturbating together. Like, you know, this time it was in a car. There was one under sheets. I don't know. At least I think that's what that was. I think it was in City of Women. (laughs) I'm going to have to rewatch it. Like kids like figuring out their sexuality and obviously they're in like they're all in the same boat and like if they're like talking about like I can understand like a setting where like a group masturbation thing may happen I personally think it's like I'm too awkward to even like whatever but uh, whatever this whole town was like bone crazy so like maybe they well <laughs> they all experimented with group masturbation but i do think that that was an experience delini must have had uh, well i think like, this is normal <laughs> no i mean i i can't i cannot generalize because i i, I don't want to generalize right but I, there is something to that with the italian culture and i think a lot of it has to do with strict roman catholic upbringing like you know, you're told, no, you cannot do these things. So it's going to kind of occupy your brain. Like you're going to want to do these things because people are telling you not to do these things. And I think that's a large part of why it's in these films. Fellini put it it in all of them. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten to one's girl. (laughs) I like, all right. There's there's more (laughs) in other movies. Like, and I I thought about that because I was like, I was surprised that there wasn't a scene in this one where they go to a whorehouse because I felt I could have sworn there was one in this movie, but there wasn't. They, they did have, well, we haven't got there yet, but there is a scene where the, the new whores are being brought in. And I don't mean to say whores in a negative connotation. I'm just right on, you know, sex workers, let's say they're, they're being brought in by the madam in like a cart and being paraded through the town when they're going to their, you know, the house, the chicken ranch. Uh, What a a great way to make sales. Well, yeah, show off your show off these ladies um, throughout the town. And, 
I, but this like, is and shamelessly thing. too. Like I know you oh, all yeah. visited. And everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows who that lady is and what these women are doing. Um, and even the women of the town, you know what I mean? Like, and this is, this is an Italian culture thing. As far as I know, like, I can't okay. speak for all of it because I have no idea if this is the case for all of it. From what I've gathered from watching a lot of Italian films <laughs> and being in Italy, I mean, good God, the sexual tension in the air was just all over the place. I mean, women were sexy and I don't know how to explain it. It was, it was a, it, it was definitely different than America. Like America, you know, people can be kind of trashy or whatever, but over there, it's a completely different thing. And it's, it's like, it's, it's exciting. It's not gross. It's not trashy. It's, it's voluptuous. It's animalistic. It's very, it's, it's just sexy. I don't know how to explain it. Um, Like, I mean, when we first got there to Italy, and you get, it was like, I felt like I was in a Fellini film, like most of the time when we were in Italy, because it felt like it. But when you, when we first got out of the, the, the plane terminal, we were going to get our shuttle and the lady that was giving us our shuttle, I mean, she saw Erica and then she saw me and she kind of like perked up and she kind of like did this thing with her shirt collar to kind of like widen it out a little bit so I could see her voluptuous cleavage that was coming at me and I was like oh and like you could tell as soon as she saw the man of the group she did that and I was like oh my (laughs) like I'm gay but that was really sexy Uh, (laughs) like I dig it I dig it that was nice hey you want to buy me a drink I'll buy you a drink, ma'am, for sure. Um, hey, she knew what hotel we were going to. So anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> but there is that there's that thing. And even there was another time when we were walking down a street in, in Rome and this woman slightly ahead of us was coming out of her building. And she did this thing where she she kind of came down a couple of steps and she kind of looked both ways but not in like uh i need to see if anybody's in my way before i step onto the sidewalk it was like i need to see if there's a man nearby that i can impress and (laughs) if that makes any kind of sense like that was the look that she was it was amazing and i've never seen anything like this ever she did it and she saw me and then she stepped off the rest of the way. And the way she walked ahead of us was just like, oh, my God. Like, I, like again, I'm gay, but that was amazing. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I get it. So, so there is that. But also with the men, like a lot of the times, I think in, Amer- in, in Italian situations, it's kind of typical for uh, an Italian man to have a mistress of some sort, kind of like in Moonstruck when we saw that, like he had his mistress and yeah, everybody kind of knew about it, but you don't really want to talk about it. Um, and I think it's basically the same kind of thing. So there is this preoccupation with sex and especially with men of a certain <laughs> yeah. age, like middle-aged men. Well, yeah, it just never, it just didn't feel like the boys or the men ever grew out of it. No, if that I don't. Makes sense. Yeah, they, it was, it was just, I was like, oh, okay, we're getting like into older 
like adults and such. And I'm like, oh, never mind. They're all the same. All They're these all cities the are all They're the same. All, like, at the, I mean, even, uh, even uh, the women depicted like, um, like a reassurance of those ideals. Mm-hmm. I want to say, like, um, how do we say her name? Gradiska? Gradisha? Gradiska. Uh, she, like, I thought that she was going to be, like, independent woman. Like, I need no man. I'm gonna fuck around. Who cares? Like, this is me. And then she's like, I thought I'd have a husband by now. And, like, she was young, like, too. Fine, she, she was, like, what, 23 old, or something? <laughs> a 50, she was 52. <laughs> She said, like, she thought she'd find one at, like, 25 or 26. Um, <laughs> and then, like, like, then, or maybe she's 40 or 50. No, the other woman was 40. She was yeah, she was kind of up there for a, a woman still wanting to have. Yeah, and that's, like, fine to, like, want love or whatever. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's, like, totally cool. That's, like, a totally human experience. But when she's crying at the end of the movie, I was oh, like, "Oh, we're gonna is she get crying there. because she don't got a man." Don't worry, like, girl. We're gonna get there. Like if I have I thoughts like, about I was that like, too. Is that how she would have felt? I don't think so. I, I, <laughs> no, seriously, I, I thought the same thing, and I don't think I noticed it until this particular viewing. That particular thing, uh, it never occurred to me that she, we're, we'll, we'll get there because. That's, right that's right. part of my yeah, art yeah. here so anyway um, what i was trying to say was that like a lot of uh well, just between these two films um like the the only parts that i'm not connecting with fellini is like the male gaze aspect yeah. of it um which and so i mean the other parts are nice yeah <laughs> we're oh gosh now i'm i'm excited for you to see other ones just because i <laughs> I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna necessarily get away from it, but it's fascinating. If if anything about these two <laughs> movies have taught me, it's that I now know who Federico who Federico Fellini was as a youth and how it has impacted his career moving forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, he has done, like I said, Cabiria was about a sex worker. Um, La Strada, obviously, the main character, Gelsamina, like he does have women character you know it's funny because all the characters that i'm thinking about this is funny are caricatures are characters <laughs> that his wife played <laughs> so like the ones that he's respecting in some way and giving a very good character to <laughs> it's his wife <laughs> it's like well of course he's going to do that because yeah that's proper um <laughs> and he did love obviously he loved his wife um very very much and, of course, still oh. thought about other women if uh, his uh, brain addict and eight and a half. I mean, like I said, <laughs> but with, I mean, that's with, like totally a normal thing. Um, yeah, with, with the whole thing, you know, even Fellini was known to have, you know, this particular lady was probably his mistress. Like, I mean, this is like eight and a half. You saw that yeah. in eight and a half. Like, he had Claudia, his wife, but then there was not Claudia. Was this Claudia? Claudia was the I other dug, girl. I there's too many his ladies. wife and eight and a half. That was that was the bit that like broke my heart. <laughs> I love her. I love her. And see, that's the thing. Like in real life, they may have had those arguments, him and um Julietta, but but they stayed together. Like right. you know, they never separated. 
they never had children either it's very sad um they wanted them but they didn't have them i think they tried whatever um <laughs> i don't want to get that wrong um so <laughs> we got the puff balls that start the film and then basically we go right into and this is the season so the puff balls are indicating that this is a particular season that's starting then we go into the bonfire which is where we introduce all the characters of the village that we're going to follow so dug that bonfire scene also very concerned about them burning down the whole town of course of course well you were super close to the fire that fire was super big (laughs) it was very big and that's a funny thing i i've said this about a lot of older films especially italian french whatever excuse me excuse me oh my goodness uh what i said where is osha is that, oh. what, is that your question no i was gonna say like they fling cigarettes all the time just anywhere like you know kabir is yeah. sitting on her bed smoking a cigarette she's done with it she flicks into the corner of the room i'm like hello <laughs> your room's gonna catch on fire what are you doing <laughs> why are you flicking your cigarette? and that happens non-stop in these movies i'm like i'm almost surprised this is how brome burned i mean <laughs> y'all flicking your cigarettes everywhere <laughs> and you never learned um anyway so uh you get the characters all introduced uh the opening you also get to see a gradiska she puts on her red coat and she stands out very obviously in that whole opening sequence in the the bonfire so you really get to see like who all these people are and i i will say because like i said i've seen it many many times it didn't occur to me to connect all the different people you know, the first time I watched it, you, I mean, you're being introduced to everybody, but it's not like you're going to re- retain who those people are your first viewing. It is one of those things where the more you see it, the more you connect all the different people and their yeah, ultimate. You definitely stores. remember her though, because she stands out. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. heck yeah. I think her and the boy in his typical clothing or whatever, <laughs> like they stand out. And Again, like Fellini says that it's not autobiographical, but you know for a fact that that was supposed to be him. And yeah. <laughs> and of course, it's going to be the most attractive kid he could find to play that character. Yeah, which, where did that kid come from? <laughs> I mean, he's done this <laughs> He did a not lot. look like anybody else. No. <laughs> he was like super fit, but acted like he sucked on lollipops all day. Exactly. He really did, didn't he? Uh, and he was exceedingly handsome. Um, yeah. He really was. Um, but I love that that's... Because that would be Fellini. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you watch his films, you know, oh, well, that's Fellini right there. All oh, that one's Fellini right there. Like, And he always gets the most attractive man to be his character in these movies. <laughs> that's not me. Inter Vista, he did kind of pick a a gangly kind of guy to play himself um mm-hmm. but you know me i of course thought he was super sexy of course <laughs> with his like awesome huge nose and everything anyway um so we get to see that um da, 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 da. there i also kind of like um that this was kind of like because he, he did a film early on called i i or e i guess e vitaloni uh, or I, Vitaloni, however you want to say it, um, where it was kind of the same exact thing. It was a small town. It was a group of friends that, you know, they all kind of wanted to get out 
of their small town and go to Rome. Like going to Rome was like the big deal. Um, and in fact, when you watch any of those older films of his, like the white chic is like, they take, it's a, a couple that just get married and they take their honeymoon in Rome because that's what you do. Like you, you take your honeymoon in Rome and all the magic of Rome happens and all that kind of shit. Um, so there's always that romanticized version of Rome. Rome is the big city, like our kind of like our New York city. Like we all want to go to, or Los Angeles, one of those two. Um, Anyway, but I kind of love that he he did kind of because this felt like almost almost a sequel, but not quite. Like you get to see the same archetype characters in their coats, you know, walking around the town, like acting like they're cool, but <laughs> trying to be cooler <laughs> than they are, you know, that kind of thing. The hipsters, because um, I Eva Toloni is definitely hipsters. Now that I think about it, um, before hipsters were a thing. Uh, then we go through the whole school section. So you just get to see like a smattering of what school was like for them in different vignettes, which I love that whole sequence. I think it's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> With the boy peeing in a paper tube onto the floor. Yeah. To make it look like that poor kid peed. Oh, man. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> yeah, such boys an elaborate mean. like scheme. Well, not only that, but it's just... There is that, I don't know how to explain that, but it's like, you see that kind of depiction of boys being aggressively boys. Like they're always whipping out their dicks to do things or whatever. And it's like, I don't remember boys ever doing, I mean, maybe one guy that I knew in middle school, he did whip out his penis a lot, but (laughs) it was like, I don't really remember a whole lot of people doing stuff like that. I mean, maybe it's a different time, but um and I guess boys yeah. were kind of gross in general, maybe. Yeah, and the and the way they're treated for their grossness was a very much a boys will be boys attitude, oh, yeah. which is why those adult men never grew out of it. BT dubs, because nobody ever held them accountable. Except exactly. for that priest. But really you just encouraged them to masturbate in a car together. But there also is this thing with with these boys, like which also in when they become men that they do have some kind of respect for the women in their lives. Like there is a, a sense of, you know, yes, I'm attracted to this woman, but at the same time, she's also this magical, fantastic thing that, you know, I should be so grateful that she's in my life, you know, that kind of thing. Like, or just respect of like their teachers kind of like, it's not like they, I don't know. Does that make sense? Those boys did not respect their teachers. You watch your mouth. But the, uh, <laughs> well, they certainly didn't respect the male teachers at all. Uh, but uh, the, the blonde boy, young Fellini seemed to um, fear his mother. Yeah. And love her. Loved her yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, and we'll get there. <laughs> oh. um, so yeah, the school. Okay, so we get to see them at school. It's cute. Uh, you get to learn a couple facts about the town, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> none of which are rememberable, uh, <laughs> or, or even or even matter, right? No, because it, it didn't really matter. Like the guy's cut off, and he never finishes, and it's like, oh, yeah. okay, like this is just flavor. You know, I, I think that's 
and I feel like there is something to say about it, but I can't quite articulate it, but it, it, it's like this, um, this thing that people have about trying to make where they come from important in some way, like, you know, a Roman road used to come through this area of our town or whatever, you know what I mean? Like they're trying to give themselves that credit that, that like we used to be something exciting and, and you better remember that. But of course it trails off. It doesn't ever go anywhere with that. And so it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm sure they told me at some point that we were important, but I can't remember what the hell it was. <laughs> and I feel like that's what Fellini wrote. <laughs> that's what that was um so then we get to <laughs> i put the family trying to hold it together because <laughs> that's the first time you get to see the family together they're at dinner and uh, they're all uh, they're all having their issues all of them uh <laughs> The boy peed on somebody's hat at the movie theater. The mom is like threatening to kill everybody and herself. Uh, <laughs> the dad's having a nervous breakdown. And the, the grandfather is just thrilled to tell everybody that he could still get it up. <laughs> Which is, you know, again, going back to your thing about the men in this town, like, like, that old man he had, dad's so surprised i can't even do that. somebody's hat when his own father is like hey guys i can still get a woody bt dubs yeah i can still he does that thing where he goes like yeah he does the fisting motion with a whistle it's like ew dude calm down nobody wants to hear that you're gross if my grandfather ever did that i'd be mortified yeah you know what the father if i'm recalling correctly is the only respectable human. <laughs> he actually, yeah. I kind of yeah, love that also about him too. He also is like the dude who like wasn't cool with the fascists. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I love that they kind of give you, you know, just a scene where you get to see the family. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. That's the way it is. Um, what's next? Excuse is it the fascist me, I keep rolling into town. What is is uh the fascist rolling into town? Is that the next the next bit? Um, almost there. I was just gonna. I mean, we can breeze through some of this What's because next? we've already talked about it. But there was the carriage of the new girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this is where the lawyer, like when you know you see the girls being brought through there, and you know what's going on. You know what I mean, like everybody knows what's going on and the lawyer i think was the best thing for him to end that scene on was where the lawyer just kind of looks at the camera and shrugs he's like well <laughs> that's that's what it is <laughs> we all know um and he's probably going there too because <laughs> that's kind of what you did and that's one of the yeah. things that wasn't in this movie but i thought was was it is kind of like a thing that dads would bring their sons to these brothels to have their first time um it was very common and in other fellini films they there's several times where they they'll show you the process of what it's like basically you go into um a lobby area kind of thing 
the women will come downstairs and be presented like in a line, like, you know, and, you know, they'll, they'll all kind of parade or whatever. So you can choose which lady you would like to go see. And then of course there's like, right. The Dolly Parton of all of them where <laughs> it's like, everybody wants that one, but, um, the, and the tobacco it's, woman. The what? <laughs> so the, like the tobacco woman. Oh yes, yes, kind of. Yeah. Tobacco lady Where when she comes down, she gets to select who she wants to bring up because she's she's that powerful. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which like I said, they don't have that in this movie, but just know that that's a thing that happens. Uh, <laughs> just because <laughs> you might see it in another film. Um then we get the confessions, which I thought was fantastic. Then we get to the fascist sequence. The the confessions I really did like. I because I liked I think that the confessions was something I did connect with in a way that because um I, I was raised Catholic and because there's a lot of elements in um Catholicism and just do I say uh there's just a lot of elements that are very much you have to meet this tier and if you don't like like there's like a lot of shame brought Mm -hmm. about it and so because this priest isn't a safe space for um young Fellini who I'm just gonna call him young Fellini yeah um come at me Federico (laughs) 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 he uh he like like the priest asks him if there's anything like like to confess and he like he runs through all these things that like yeah like i would like to confess all these like acts but how would it, why would i tell him that he would just tell my father exactly, and like yeah. and he and he equates like con- confession um of his sins to be punishment or to result in punishment which isn't like as far as like you know the writings and such it shouldn't be punishment you know yeah it should be like an act of like forgiveness and redemption and like whatever uh like you're supposed to be forgiven for these and yeah and so like that i really did uh dig i like him just like going through like yeah of course i masturbated i've done it so many times like how could i not you know and but i can't tell him and so I just told, I needed to tell him something. So I told him like, I touched myself for a little bit, you know, and, like, <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, see, this is what happens. This is what happens when you don't give them that space to like explore and like discuss things and like talk it out. Because if they do want to talk it out, your ass is going to be like, like that one kid that came up right after young Fellini, he was like three Hail Marys. Like he was like, I know like, you, I know you messed up. Like, I don't I even want to hear. talk to you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know you sin. You jack off. <laughs> yeah, I know you know, <laughs> which I thought was was funny, but it's like you know the same idea. Like, well, he was the one that was like, whipping I his dick out in class to pee in that face. tube. <laughs> he was. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we know you, dude. We know you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, do your fucking hail marys. Yeah, I'm like, that's why you got all these all these boys that are just like masturbating in cars together. <laughs> so creepy being in tubes um <laughs> well that, being on hats <laughs> they also in that section because that was the one where he reminisced about seeing gradiska in the movie theater right 
Yeah, yeah. And he was like, and I moved a little closer and I moved a little closer and I moved a little closer once more. And then I moved a little closer again. And they're like, all right, buddy, you Dude, moved a little it. closer a lot. We get it. <laughs> Until he put his hand like up her skirt. And she was just like, okay, I guess. Like, uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I honestly, yeah, I, I like, always oh, wonder. You think you're so big and tough. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically what she did. She did demasculate. Is that what it's called? Emasculated him, kind of? Yeah. Because it was yeah. kind of like, bitch, are you going to do something? <laughs> are you going to put your fingers up in there? Bitch. Mm-hmm. And I, I always wonder, did anything happen? Like, did that scare him off? Or did he actually do it? He I think that that, no, he doesn't say. But again, we we put ourselves in our art. And I think that that led to him trying to be a bit more masculine with a tobacco lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, did, we, did I write that down? Because that happens later, right? Oh yeah, that happens. happens later. That happens after the. Yeah, that's like in like. That's later. The third act. Yeah. Um. So then we get to the con- the uh, after the confessions, the fascist section of the movie. Mm-hmm. This this part went on for too long for me. Um, I I agree. <laughs> I <laughs> like. I didn't realize it gotta- until until this viewing where i was like yeah this is too much i i don't care um (laughs) i get that it was impactful on italy like i get that but there's too much of it fellini like good god come on cut to the chase just gone then it was just gone yeah it was just gone i mean i love the whole sequence with the dad and like them calling him out for you know being anti-fascist or whatever and torturing mm-hmm. him horribly and then of course there's that sad scene where he comes home smelling like castor oil and has to take a bath and everything and it, it's like you know and the son com- the fellini character like the young fellini comes out <laughs> and fellini. sees his dad you know in this way like you know what i mean it's it's like oh shit but at and the same time just like you smell bad yeah <laughs> but at the same time you know we get what he did or what was going on like it it, it yeah. was much more i don't know it, i thought it was good that fellini gave that character that particular thing in this movie um just because it it kind of solidified the heart of the whole thing like you get this family that you're following around yeah the kid's kind of a dick but <laughs> but even him even he has his qualities that are good he has them um, and we'll get to that later. But um, so I, I love that. I love that he had that. So I like that sequence, uh, you know, with like the the gramophone playing the anti-fascist thing up in the tower and that whole part. That was fine. But then it got, oh, God, it was long. It was like somebody visited. I don't know who it was, some fascist. Um, there was a parade. There was a. Uh, the uh, kids there was demonstrating their strengths or whatever with act, uh, gymnastics like, or something. Who cares? I don't know. Was it a wedding in front of that big like face? Oh, the face of of what was it? Mussolini that started what, talking to him. Was? Yeah, and it like was opening its mouth. I was like, mm, this is fun. Fellini, <laughs> Fellini. And see that that part was fine, but it was like to get to that part. It was like, geez, you're dragging us through the mud here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're still we're still doing this, still- and we actually haven't even gotten like there's there's a little bit more fascism in a minute, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but but I actually kind of like that part. Um, 
then after the fascism, we get to the hotel story. So they basically, because they talk about, you know, we got introduced to the town people and you kind of got a sense of the area, but then you finally get to see like their grand hotel. Like they have this big hotel that's fancy and shit and it's a big deal for them. And it's probably a big deal because it's a destination, you know, people come there for the summer or whatever to like go to the beach and have fun and stay at this hotel. Uh, so it's big revenue for their their town. Um, so they're very proud of it. And so they tell some stories about things that happen at this hotel. Like <laughs> we finally get to see uh, how Gradiska got her name, mm-hmm. which uh, <laughs> I love that whole sequence. I think it's beautiful. I love the way he filmed it. I love the way the actors moved in it, if that makes sense. Like I think he had it very stylized where it it was like and this is this is the Fellini that I love I love when he he does things like this where he plays with it he's like we're gonna give you a telling of this story it may or may not be true and I'm going to highlight that by making sure it seems as surreal as possible like it's not it's not totally real but it it could be real kind of thing the bit where she was um like figuring out like how she wanted to appear whenever her homeboy came into the room and like was like changing clothes and like doing different poses and like like do i pop up from behind the couch (laughs) it very much reminded me of like audrey hepburn and an an mgm movie (laughs) oh i love it i love it yeah it was was a delight it was very good well i also loved and like i said with the movement like the characters like the guys that were told to go like his because it was like a prince that came to town and she basically was given to this prince (laughs) the town (laughs) gave her to the prince to have an evening with uh it's like a gift from the town yeah i was like definitely she'll definitely want this she'll love this uh (laughs) she she seemed to enjoy it but of course it's a fantasy so who knows um Right, right But I love the way, like, when the servants and stuff were leaving the room, how they left the room was fantastic to me. Like, they did this weird, like, cartoon walking thing. I don't know how to explain it. If you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's like, (laughs) they just do this fantastic thing where they're all leaving the room and finally they're alone. Uh, She was doing that whole thing the whole time that you were talking about. And at the very end of it is where you get her name. And... (laughs) Basically, gradiska means whatever you desire. And that's what she says to the prince. And so that's where she supposedly got her name uh, that everybody calls her, her nickname. That wasn't her actual name. Um, so, and I love that. And I've, I've actually used that phrase many times in real life. <laughs> I mean, not in those situations. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think I've probably <laughs> said it to you before. Like, I just if if there's uh, ever yeah, a sure moment where I say, trip. "What?" I said, "I'm pretty sure on our last road trip." That sounds very familiar. I'm pretty sure I did. In fact, I was thinking, I'm pretty sure I said this on our road trip because <laughs> whenever <laughs> I don't know, like if if you if you, what am I saying? You're struggling with the idea of what to do. I always say "gradiska," like whatever you desire. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get that uh, we also get the <laughs> the ridiculous story of the 
the kind of homeless dude. What? Well, he has a cart, I guess. He sells something on his cart. Maybe rides? Yeah. Is he like a, like a, like a rickshaw situation? Yeah. Right? Maybe that's what I can't remember. I like how I didn't focus on what he actually did. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it didn't really some- matter. He was definitely like a very, um, unattractive man as far as classical standards go. Uh, and, th- and so that was the story. Like, why would these beautiful women throw down these bedsheet ropes to like lure you into their room so you can sleep with 25 of the prettiest and not so prettiest women? Yeah, with a whole dance sequence. It was very beautiful. Uh- <laughs> it really was. It really was. It really was. And I'm like, this guy. <laughs> This guy's making this shit up. He is yeah. lying. And he's um, like, it's the truth. What? How could I do that? <laughs> but, I mean, apparently he satisfied everybody. I don't know. Um, a lot so there was that. Um, so then we move on to... I can't read my writing. Oh, the family going out with his brother. So they have an outing. Yep, where they... in his pocket. <laughs> The what? The brother who kept uh, stones in his pocket. Oh, stones in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the, you know, I think it's, I think it's the brother of the dad, right? I was, uh, was kind of confused. I think uh, it's the brother. That's what I of the dad. thought. Uh, that's what I thought of the situation because the dad was the one who was controlling it. Was also the one that was embarrassed, and the mother yeah. was very much like yeah, empathetic that toward yeah. him. So it had to have been them. But I mean, the mom is just so lovely that you you think it could be her brother too. Yeah, that's true too. I don't think it matters. We just know it's, it's family's uncle. Yeah. <laughs> so the family outing. So they went and picked up uh, the dad's brother from the uh, asylum, I would say, the hospital asylum type situation. Oh, I don't think that makes explained. more sense. I didn't yeah. I didn't catch that in the beginning, but that makes sense. Yeah. Huh. So they went and picked him up uh, to have a nice little family outing at a like a, a farm nearby. Um, mm-hmm. Antics happen, you know, that kind of stuff. But basically, <laughs> at some point, they all kind of go off and forget to watch the brother who has issues. Uh, clearly. Um Oh, they do stop like because he had to pee and he forgot to take his wiener out. So he just peed down his pant yeah. leg. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, the other dude, like they were out peeing and the other dude turns around and he's like, you haven't unbuttoned your fly. And I was like, what weirdness is this going to be? And but he was just peeing with his fly clothes. Yeah. Like I um, thought he was going to get at him for being like pee shy. No. No, no, the dad, and that was his dad. So it's kind of like, dude, and he's the one that was like, the dad's like, I could still get it up, yeah. So <laughs> he's probably, yeah. He's, I don't know. I felt like, even though this could have been, I don't know how to explain this. And this is again going to my whole thing with these people being the heart of this film. That you know they have this brother that's a certain way and obviously back then they didn't deal with it the same way that we would deal with it now but at the same time it's lovely that they have care and compassion for this brother 
you know, even when he yeah. peed his pants, they were still, they were not mean about it. They were, I mean, of course, the Fellini character, the young kid, he did kind of like, oh my God, he peed his pants, but it's kind of like, oh, shut up, kid. Like, you know, yeah. the, the mom was very sweet about it. And like, it, it was all nice. Yeah, um, she was like, we'll get you a change of clothes at the farm. Not exactly, a big deal. Exactly. Not a big you deal. Um, I love that woman. I swear I love that woman. So, <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, geez. So anyway, so then um, basically they forgot to look after him properly. And he climbed up into a gigantic tree and started screaming, I want a woman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. very very Fellini <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah which you know if of you course, think about what else it, would he desire you know the, you know even the kid like you know the Fellini kid he's like he's like do you want me to go get uh oh, I can't remember her name Val I can't say her name right Val starts with a V is that the woman the woman at the beach yeah the sex worker on the beach kind of like she's kind of like a Saragina sort of but not she was thinner um but not yes. quite as voluptuous. It, was the, it was the same character yeah. essentially yeah um but he the kid offers like hey do you think we should go get her uh, from the beach <laughs> to, like satisfy <laughs> her uncle uh no kid shut up um anyway so eventually they have to somebody has to go back to the hospital to get uh help and they bring this little, little nurse, a little well nun. She was a nun, right? Um, same thing. A same little thing person. In the situation, right? They're the same. Yeah, I think like, I think they're interchangeable the in this the particular time and place. Uh, nurse slash nun uh, with her habit and everything, but she comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a little person, so of course the kid has to point that out too. Like yes, we see, we're aware, it's fine. <laughs> um, uh, but he, oh, every time somebody tried to climb up the tree to get him, he'd throw rocks at them because remember he had rocks in his pants. Uh, so, he, he kept stones in his pockets because stones are cool, and I get that. They're cool, uh, but I like that that paid off because there's yes. a lot of stuff that's just like that never pops back up again. Yeah, Fellini, um, Fellini doesn't do that very often, but when it happens, it's very exciting. <laughs> like oh rocks in the pockets <laughs> yeah <laughs> look at Fellini remembering he wrote something down uh, <laughs> it's almost like I wish George Lucas had done that too um Whoa. oh Whoa. oh <laughs> <laughs> hey I'm not alone in that um but whatever it's his films he can do whatever the fuck he wants so um so anyway, so they have their outing. They, you know, the 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 nun slash nurse comes, gets the brother. They go home. Everything's fine. Um, then we get the ship, the Rex, um, and this is again part of the fascism sort of. Uh, this was a massive ship. It was like a kind of like a Titanic situation, but it was for Italy and it was for the regime or whatever. So it was like a big deal, and it was going to be coming close to their town. <laughs> but not quite. So they all basically <laughs> get in their boats and go out into the middle of the ocean <laughs> so they can get a glimpse of the wrecks as it passes by. Um, and I do kind of like this part for multiple reasons. I mean, I don't like that they're all going out there for the ship, but I love the, 
the small bits of like all the different characters and what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you get um, just, I don't, it was kind of romantic almost. It was just, it was beautiful. Like Gradiska kind of breaks down. She's like, she has one of my favorite lines in the whole film where she says, I want one of those moments that lasts a lifetime. And I always love that line so much. Um, Cause she, she wants love. She, that's basically where she tells everybody like, you know, Hey, I want love. I want to fall in love. And I want to, I want these things. Um, you get to see the mom um, <laughs> foreshadowing. Uh, she gets very cold and the father, you know, gives his coat to her and everything like that warms her up or whatever, which I thought was fucking beautiful. Um just to see how much he loved his wife and everything. And he didn't, uh, as far as we know, he was not a cheater. You know, we never, he never seemed to be interested, even when the. He, he was the only respectable man in this town. He, I think he might've been. Or, um, yeah. Cause even at the beginning of the film, we didn't go through that part, but uh, he was, he's, he's basically his, his income. Uh, he's a. A cons what do you call that he manages oh, construction sites like, like yeah for... he, he's a construction worker yeah. uh, but he he is he he runs he the like business. A, yeah yeah he has a managerial role he, like he discusses yes. that like you know um one day if you work but... hard you could be like me um <laughs> but it also still doesn't pay great <laughs> yeah um and they they basically you know at the beginning like i said the i wish i could say her name i can't though i'm not good at that name um volpacina volpacina something like that um i don't, I don't want to say valencia and that is way no. wrong hold on i'm gonna I, say I it wrong and it. butcher it really badly so i just won't anyway I mean, who cares we'll call her v saragina <laughs> v the saragina the Very lady in Sarah. green how about the lady in green she's always wearing green um oh volpina volpina there you Val go Vulpina? thank you i'm trying to make it more complicated than it is volpina yes. volpina um anyway she kind of comes over to the construction site and kind of talking about her pussy um, <laughs> yep and the dad's like hey lady go away <laughs> we don't need you here um <laughs> So she kind of runs off. Anyway, uh, Fu Manchu. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I love this film. So anyway, so then we get the, the ship. Like I said, we get all the different characters and all the different things going on in the boats. Um, then we get the fog. I love the fog. So we get introduced to the fog. And this again is going through kind of like, because we've already been through um spring was the beginning mm -hmm. summer i can't think of the <laughs> you can't take it uh fall thank you <laughs> i'm really bad at that uh fall and then of course winter comes last but um well spring technically whatever so anyway so the fog the fog is i think this would this would technically be what I thought the, the beginning fog of was fall? bringing in uh, the winter, but uh, but it really didn't. Oh no! It well, kind of. <laughs> I guess this would be in, technically yeah. fall ish. 
yeah. area. So the fog happens. It's very thick. People can, like the, the grandfather tries to leave the house. <laughs> he gets so lost and, <laughs> and it turns, it's so cute. And then he, he gets, his uh, grandson comes out. He's like, you're right in front of the fence. Go home. <laughs> it's like, oh. And then the son, of course, the little kid, uh, the younger son, not, not the Fellini, but the other kid. They have a young son, which we barely yeah. brought up. Um, but he's off to yeah, school or whatever in the thick, thick too. fog. Yeah, he's not, <laughs> he's not great either. Um, but he encounters a uh, bull but- in the fog, which is kind of scary. That oh, would be I, thought that, I thought that scene was kind of pretty. I was like, oh, what a beautiful moment between this bull and this scared little boy. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful moment. It was beautiful. I mean, uh, this is Fellini. It's beautiful. Of course it's beautiful. Um, then what else happens in the fog? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, of course it ends beautifully with some Nino Rota music and all the boys pretending to waltz on the patio of the Grand Hotel which I fucking love. I love that whole sequence. I think it's beautiful. Um, Cause they're all kind of like, they're, what do you call it? Romanticizing, you know, what it's going to be like when they get older and finally get to dance with women and, and yeah. be in love and all that kind of stuff. Not pervy. It was, it was one of the more. It was a nice toned moment. down moments for the kids. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I thought it was beautiful. And of course, with that Fellini, or not Fellini, with the the Rota score. Oh, it's just so fucking good. So then we get to the race car fantasy, which we can kind of skim over because it was kind of long too, and I really didn't care. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because there's a whole subplot where this kid has a crush on a girl and it doesn't go well and who cares? Uh, Nothing comes of it, so it doesn't matter. Um, He basically gets over his crush by the end of the movie and it, it really didn't matter in the first place. Um, but he was also <laughs> the one that had the pretend wedding in front of um, Mussolini's flower head thing. <laughs> Which if you don't know what we're talking about, that sounds so weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then we get to the, deba- the tobacco lady. So this scene, I fucking love this scene. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm sure you have issues with it, but of course I have issues with it. <laughs> only, only with the idea of it. Like this was another moment where I was like, "All right, so yes." Like I was like, "Oh, he's definitely trying to prove something because of, you know, how he was like shook by um, Gradisha, Gradiska, yeah, uh, and." Like he was like, no, I can pick you up. (laughs) (laughs) No, we haven't explained. You think it is? We didn't, and we haven't explained the tobacco lady. The tobacco lady (laughs) is one of the people that he masturbated to in the beginning of the film. One of the people he could not confess to masturbating to. She Um, actually, she actually was introduced at the beginning too. Yeah, Um, we get to see her at the very opening of the film. She's a very she's a large woman but not necessarily i mean she is large in size yeah. but she's also a large figure she's she's, she's a big, very woman with big old titties and yeah. well that, i'm not trying to the, reduce and, her to that though i i no, thought but the boy had did. 
she had a very demanding presence for me anyway, because I think she's fucking beautiful. I mean, her face is amazing. I mean, her, she's just amazing. That woman is spectacular to me anyway. Um, yeah. She's a bold, confident, big, yeah. beautiful woman. She would be the woman that I would want to be friends with in this whole situation. <laughs> you have a type. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I have a type. Uh, <laughs> it's her. Um, she's awesome. I don't really necessarily agree with smoking, but you know, whatever. We can get over that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. It's a but bit she's of the, the time because she like she sold cigarettes. Yeah, she sold yeah. tobacco at a tobacco shop, and she has um, a little tiny husband too. That's that's funny too. That's also <laughs> lovely. But yeah, no. Um, so so where I where I was like is when uh like he's like I can pick you up, and she was like no, and he's like no, I'll prove it. I can pick you up because she's like a bigger lady, and mm-hmm. he wants to like prove his strength, <laughs> and so he picks her up. And then she was like, okay, that's enough. But she's also enjoying it, which I was like, why would anybody find this attractive? And then he like picks her up again. <laughs> and she's like, like turned on by him picking well, her up. And first of all, God. you got, <laughs> I, 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 there's a couple things here. So when he claims that he could pick her up, she's like, mm-hmm. uh-huh, I don't think so. But then she goes mm-hmm. over to the door and like, cause she has one of those, um, what do you, it's like a steel, like the slatted, the like, slatted, like a garage door, door situation, like a, but like you yeah. see it on at malls. Yeah. You see it on businesses. A lot of times yeah. she has one of those and she like slams that thing shut. She's like, fixes her sweater a little bit. And she's like, okay, come on. <laughs> yeah. So, so he doesn't, and we're at the point where you said, so <laughs> she's getting yeah. turned on she's getting turned on and he's like and she's like stop she she continues to tell him to stop but is still like enamored by the fact that he can pick her up and um and he's like straining and sweating and turning red and he's like you see like when he when he's finally spent he's like you see i could do it and i was like what do you think is going to happen like in a situation like this like this seems like well, very much like a like a fantasy <laughs> and then she whips out her breasts and sits on his lap and makes him suck on her breasts and i'm like that's exactly this is such a, f- <laughs> a fantasy <laughs> it totally is i mean it's so it's so absurd because wow. it starts off it starts off with like this is what probably happened okay and then all of a sudden it's like Wait a minute, she's into this? What? She pulled out her boob? What? What makes you think? Yeah. <laughs> like, I could pick you up. What make and like, and this is exactly when when like when you have uh, people like just go out and like do a thing where they're like peacocking in a yeah. in a sense. And it's like, what did you think was going to happen from that? But very much it's for that two percent chance that she's gonna suck your dick. Well, <laughs> you know, and I think <laughs> It's kind of interesting because in reality, and I'm not saying that this is what actually happened or anything, but um, Mm -hmm. I've had moments similar to this where I kind of went up against something that I, I I was like, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this from this person. (laughs) And then like cut to, you know, me in a bathroom somewhere doing something really ridiculous that I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, 
I've had those moments. And it resulted from you, you know, being like, I could pick you up. It reminded it very much reminded me <laughs> of that scene in Kimmy Schmidt where um Jacqueline like doesn't want to cheat on her husband and doesn't want to like but doesn't want to blow her cover with her husband's boyfriend um because she's supposed to like they have like a plan to like persuade him to like change the name of the Redskins uh and Titus is there and he's a gay man um but he's like pretending to be straight and pretending to like compete for Jacqueline's attention and they're like just doing ridiculous things like dancing and uh wrestling and just things like that and that's what this made me think of it had like that same energy like I could pick you up (laughs) and then she's like here's my breasts Oh, and here's my other breast. Don't forget, you get to suck on this one, too. <laughs> well, I think in this particular moment, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's over the top. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, 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 I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm saying. I, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> and I, it's, I, it's, I, of course, don't, you know, necessarily want this to happen to me. Uh, If I went to the tobacco lady, I I personally would not want her to pull her breasts out at me. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, like, I don't know. When I first saw this movie, I was like roaring when this happened. I was like, this is insane. (laughs) Like only in a Fellini film is this shit going to happen. I mean, it's almost like the scene in Casanova with, I don't think it's actually in the film. It's a cut scene, but with Chesty Morgan, like, chasing Casanova around a table with her boobs out like dude like only in a Fellini film you're gonna see something like that like it's just fucking nuts and and this is similar it's like uh, it's I feel like this is where you know it's Fellini because because uh, he's one of those people that it's like it's like you're working for Fellini Federico Fellini and this is like 1973 Federico Fellini. Like he's already had all these fucking hits behind him. People will do anything to be in his movies. Like at this point, like thousands of people would audition for his films and want to, and they'll be like, I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. And I feel like this is one of the situations where she's like, you know, I'll do whatever. I don't care. I'll pull up my tits. It's fine. I'll shove them <laughs> right. in this boy's face. And you also have to think about the logistics of this kid actor that well, comes he, in. Again, he's playing like a child, but he is very, we can see his abs through his rainbow striped shirt. He is his so attractive. Apparel. He it. is super, he is fit. Oh, yeah. Like I, uh, it, it, this is one of those things where, like, I mean, I, I like naked men; they're great. But I didn't even need to see this guy naked. Him having clothes on was perfectly fine. It's like it worked. <laughs> it's like you just yeah, keep that cute little shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So it was the only thing is that like this. I was like, this is where you lose me again, Fellini. This is the fantasy that I can't connect with because this is what you think women want. <laughs> But I also, I mean, in the vein of, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I also, he also had fun with it. Like she hit her head on the light and the light started moving. So there's, there's a lot of movement oh, I, I happening. That was like, I liked the shadow, the mm-hmm. shadow bit. I, I really dug that part. And I was like, oh, 
I mean, creatively, yes, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, it it was a very well done moment, yeah. and I it um, added and I, it, it added to the surreal bizarreness of the scene to have that light get hit and move around and kind of give you a distorted version. And I think that's when it went crazy. That's when she pulled out her boo. And then as soon as it ended, I mean, she cut that shit off real quick. She's like, okay, what do you want? A cigarette? Here you go. Get out of my yeah, shop. What did you come in here for? Yeah, I'm done with this. Get, and he like, can't open the, the shop garage. He can't door open and, the door. Yeah. So she has to do it for him, which is like, you just yeah. tried to say that you could pick this lady up. So this is honestly, to be to, honest, once again, prove that he was masculine and then was again, um, again, emasculated. emasculated. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think that that's what actually happened. I think, you know what I mean? I think it is a fantasy. I think right. it's just a fantasy that Fellini had and he put it into his movie, but <laughs> <laughs> It's fun. Who cares? Or like, it's like, fun. like he wrote, he rewrote his own story. He's, He's like, like no, I this wish this, this fucking happened to me, man. Happen. This, this is probably what would have happened had I been able to pick her up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like in, in Fellini's reality, he probably, he did probably attempt to pick her up and it just, nothing <laughs> yeah. happened. So she told and him, she get the like, fuck out of here. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> and his fascination yeah. His fascination with that moment is like, if I had picked her up, she would have pulled those tits out <laughs> and smothered me. Exactly. In <laughs> yeah. But he also didn't know how to wrap it up. So he gave it the real ending. The real. Exactly. Like, get out of here. Uh, I also love that he couldn't breathe. He's <laughs> like, I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, it was great. Anyway. So um, next we go to. Um, so if you remember correctly, there was the boat scene. Well, I guess it would have been a different because I felt like that would have been there would have been some time passing here. But I always felt that because they went out on the boats into the water is why the boy got sick. Because um, he gets sick, the Fellini kid. Mm -hmm. uh, he gets sick and he has a very, very nice moment with his mom while he's sick um it's it's beautiful then uh then we get to the winter section he's actually doing better but this is where they start talking about that his mom's not doing well and this is where it starts to get sad so <laughs> so but then we got winter so we get the winter scene and uh the town is completely just like deluged with snow there's snow every i mean there's these ridiculous mazes made out of snow for no reason i mean it wouldn't actually happen but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but when it's i cute. saw when i saw that i loved it but again like the bonfire i was like this seems dangerous <laughs> it's, it, it was um and then the beautiful reveal at the end of that is the peacock in the snow which mm -hmm. was absolutely stunning um which is one of like the trademarks of this movie was that peacock in the snow um so then the mom gets very ill. She's now in the hospital and they go to visit her. And it kind of kills me because I feel like <laughs> the boy got sick, gave it to his mom, and now she's dying. So <laughs> that probably is what happened. He was a real typhoid Mary. Yeah. He didn't have a job. He was making her soup with his hands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
the mom passes away and it kills me. It's so, it's very sad. It's very moving. You know, he breaks down, his dad breaks down. I mean, it's just, it's very sad. Um, and you kind of, and this is what I'm saying about the heart of the film and the family. Like you did go through something with these people. You got to see who they were. You got to see how lovely she was and how good that husband was. And then you lose her. And it's like, ah, shit. And this is, this is why, and I'm getting chills because I, this is what I love about Fellini in his films. Like he gives you all aspects of life, even if they're difficult. He makes you go through that. And he does it in such a beautiful way every single time. Like whenever he makes me cry in his films, it's always like, you are sad because this thing happened, but at the same time, life continues to go on. Like you have to continue moving. You can't stop because it's going to keep going. And it, it's so beautiful when he does that in the films. And this one was one of the best ones for me. And this is probably why I wanted you to watch the film <laughs> because this is usually when I talk about Fellini, because I always talk about, uh, when I talk about like my favorite directors, I say, you know, Kubrick was all about the craft of filmmaking. Akira Kurosawa was about the grandness of filmmaking. And Fellini was the life. Fellini put life in his films like nobody else. And even though his films can be kind of, difficult because they're not easy they're not easy watches you know this because you just sat through this it's not easy <laughs> but you do get a payoff with it and this one has to me one of the best payoffs of his films because like i said we get this loss and it is very very sad but almost immediately he hits us with the end of the film and it's so beautiful because you know you get that horrible thing you get their tragedy and then you're immediately swept into the, the spring where Gradiska is getting married and you get the puffballs. So it's like, yeah. you're getting this whole renewal of life. Something else is happening. We have to keep moving. And this is in this particular viewing of it. Um, and I was, this is what I wanted to talk about with this wedding. <laughs> Because I always remembered it, and I think it's because I needed it to be a certain way in my head because we just had that loss and we went through that. I needed this wedding to be a beautiful moment of spring and renewal. But right. in reality, it's actually kind of sad <laughs> because I don't think Gradiska wanted to get married at all. <laughs> I think she yeah, got think trapped she into a obligated. marriage because she you know, that was what was expected. She needed to have a husband. She wanted to have one. She found one. Then now she's married and going off with him. But he did not seem like anything like what you wanted her to be with. Yeah. And you kind of got the sense yeah. that all of her crying was like, I can't believe I have to go and do this. <laughs> or, it, well, to me, if it, it almost felt like Fulini... Fellini's idea was that she was so she finally got what she want and she isn't going to die alone anymore wow. and so at this wedding she has like these tears of relief they they seemed like tears of relief rather than tears of joy and that made me sad <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I also didn't think that this was her person <laughs> no I don't think any of us did 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think the first couple times I watched the movie, I don't think I realized who the husband was. <laughs> I kept seeing some attractive man. And I think, well, that's got to be him. Uh, but no, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought for whatever, because well, I thought she would have gone with the Clark Gable think... guy. Yeah. Yeah. But while watching this movie, I was like, <sighs> especially the winter scene where her and um, young Fellini were walking through that like maze of snow. Mm-hmm. I was like, are they going to get married at the end of this movie? <laughs> Honestly, you kind of because i was i didn't bring that up um that whole he missed her in the maze thing yeah but it also but in a like way they have like a weird relationship that in a like, way they didn't address yeah in a way i kind of feel like you might be kind of right like i feel like that was maybe fellini's way of saying like if they had been because he was going there specifically to look for her like he mm-hmm. was following her to talk to her and I think it's probably because he lost his mom or wait a minute. Did she, had he lost his mom yet? Not yet. Yeah. No, sure? no, no, not yet. Cause no, he talked to the priest and he's, how's your mom doing? Oh, she's fine. I think it was just oh, okay. like him, you know, looking cat, for her comfort. Oh my, God, my cat is ridiculous. Um, can you hear him? Yes, I can. <laughs> wow. He never has anything that he wants. He just does that he wants to get married and move on <laughs> <laughs> he wants it, your attention gradiska. that's exactly what it is gradiska. um <laughs> i feel like i feel like fellini was trying to say something like that like you know maybe if they had not missed each other and had met up i mean yeah he is considerably younger than her but again with her age and his age I feel like there's like a blur there because who knows how old she was supposed to be and who knows how old he's supposed to be. Who knows? Yeah, seriously. Especially the boy. (laughs) Especially the boy. And I swear somewhere in the movie they mentioned her age and I don't remember it being what she's 52 years old. (laughs) I don't remember that. I could have sworn she said she was younger. On the boat. Yeah. On the boat. I thought she said she was younger. She said she thought she would find love when she was 20 or 25. Oh, maybe I'm. Or maybe she's 40. But I think the other woman said she was 40 and she was like, ah, I'm 52. I'd have to watch it again. Oh, I can. I'm Good just going to look it up. <laughs> How old is Gradiska? <laughs> if you Google that, it actually tells you how old she is. That'd be funny. Uh, i mean I'm lucky, but go on but go on with uh whatever you were saying i mean that that was kind of it just like maybe maybe if they had you know if they hadn't missed each other in that maze that maybe they would have ended up together and maybe she would have been happier with the choice that she made who knows but he is considerably younger i suppose but actually i think younger men and older ladies are a thing because women get their sexual maturity later and boys get it younger. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that probably would have worked for both of them. He's a horny bitch. She's a horny bitch. Let's get it on. I didn't meet any of that derogatory. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. No, of course. not at all. 
Um, but yeah, yeah. So we end the movie with a wedding and we get the spring balls again. And it's lovely. It the is. Spring balls. The wedding seemed very sad. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. But you, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a beautiful wedding. It was a beautiful way to end the film, especially having the wedding out there in the in the field and with the tent. And it's just it's fucking beautiful. Oh, in the rain, there was a there's a scene where it just starts raining suddenly out of nowhere, like Florida, and then it stops almost immediately, <laughs> like Florida. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have learned Italy's like Florida. Um, <laughs> not really but you know no yeah anyway yeah, they actually have seasons it seems <laughs> they do they do so what is your takeaway my takeaway how do you feel about this film i thought it was all right oh full peanut by the way that's uh fox it's the fox. Oh yeah. That's why they, that's what that's what they're calling her. They're calling that makes her sense. Fox. Yeah. Um I meant to say that earlier. <laughs> oh, I meant yeah, to read uh, a fact. Yeah, I like um so with this movie, I I I kind of looked at it as like, oh, all right. So the story of a town, sure. It's about the family. Whatever. Uh, but town, it's also like the, the town, the town seems to be very much a character in the film. And it's like while the city watching and it, sex in the city. Yes, it's like the city and sex in the city. Or even uh uh Empire Records, like something like that, or Daisy oh, yeah. and Confused, which I guess we talked about when we talked about um, Empire Records. You know, these like settings that are almost like coming of age, uh, but really in like coming of age of a town or a mm-hmm. place you know and the changes that the town or the place may go through yeah um and how it impacts the people that are there <laughs> or poltergeist where the where the, where the house is a the character <laughs> there you go that's exactly yeah. what this movie's about poltergeist uh <laughs> yeah yeah and so my recommendation i think <laughs> would be empire records it really i think so i think so i I had i had one earlier but i was like empire records kind of gives you the same like it's a you're following like a group of people like who is the main character they are Um, the heart of that record store they they are (laughs) and the record store is the heart of them (laughs) vice versa um okay i dig it Uh, let me read this fact i I forgot there wasn't very many facts that I could find, like trivia, uh, including in the lexicon. I looked up Amarcord and it was like a blurb about how he kind of made up the word. <laughs> it was like, thanks, <laughs> that doesn't help me. Uh, but this was the first movie ever released on home video in the letterbox format uh, on an RCA Select Division CED video disc, January 1984, preceding the letterbox laser disc release of what it would release of Woody Allen's Manhattan by eight months. So this was the first film presented in Letterboxd on home video. Right on. <clears throat> yeah. Felina. Way to do it. Get it, girl. Way to do it. Um, <laughs> what would I recommend? Yeah. That is the question. 
is it Roma? Um, that's is it Morfellini? Yeah, that's what I, I mean, thought. <laughs> to me, to me, I feel like I would recommend Morfellini because it's so specific. <laughs> Fellini yeah. just inspires other Fellini. I would say Rome is a pretty good suggestion. Um, you haven't Thank seen you. that one yet, have you? No, I haven't. But it seems like it'd be that film is kind of the whole beginning of our podcast. Because we met at a Barnes and Noble for me to purchase Roma on Blu-ray, Criterion Blu-ray. Oh, that's and that's right. what brought up the whole conversation. That's uh, right. So technically, we should have done Roma first. <laughs> um, <laughs> it would have turned out like vibes because we already talked about it. <laughs> we already talked about it, so it's just been a flop. Um, yeah. No, I mean we could talk about Roma for sure. You haven't seen it, so that's even that's more correct. exciting. Um, I'm I'm trying to look at the films <laughs> they're across the that way that Fellini has done. Yeah. Um, you had also brought up another film in the beginning. Like, was it City of Women or uh, La Vida? La Dolce Vita. Dolce? La Dolce Vita. Um, I mean, technically, most most Fellini films you could probably get away with using as a suggestion for I actually think it would be fun to try to find a suggestion that wasn't Fellini um but I can't really think of one like Empire Records well Empire, Empire <laughs> Records actually isn't that bad of a suggestion after this that kind of makes sense um I don't know yeah Roma Roma's fine <laughs> Rose time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no, you know what? Actually, no, I know what I would say. I would say, and the ship sails on by Federico Fellini. Because to me, I felt like, and the ship sails on was almost like Amarcord on a boat. <laughs> like it, it kind of had the same, not quite the same, but you did follow around a specific group of people because you were on a ship, you had no choice. Um, <laughs> So it didn't change much. He couldn't introduce tons and tons of characters. Um, so it kind of felt similar to me in that way where it's like you get to know this group of people and what they're all going through in this particular situation. Um, and it's lovely. It's a it's a beautiful film. Um, yeah, I would definitely, I would say, and the ship sails on. I fucking love that movie. Oh, so fucking beautiful. That's one. Of, that's one of the ones I think out of all the Fellinis that I've I've wanted you to watch, but we just never got to it. And I suggested this one instead um, because we've talked about and the ship sails on in several podcast episodes, <laughs> and I just keep not letting you see it. That one we actually probably should watch together because I have the Blu-ray. And oh wait a minute, did I give you the DVD or did I sell? Oh, probably. It? You probably gave me the DVD. Either that or I sold it. I got a lot of good money for my Fellinis. So I might have sold it. Oh, well, then you probably sold it. Yeah. Because the box set was coming out. I was like, girl, I'm going to hawk this shit now while it's worth money. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I did. I got a lot of money for those. Um, So I might not have. But anyway, we should watch it together since we're vaccinated. Uh, We can do that kind of thing. 
get vaccinated people watch movies um so yeah um what would you rate this movie oh you're not gonna like this i'm gonna give it about like a six six and a half that's actually not bad that's pretty good oh well i thought you were gonna be like it's fellini no that's actually eight and a half (laughs) i I thought you were gonna say like four i was like geez no no there were elements that i did like but I just can't connect with who Fellini is as a person, I think is where me and him miss the mark. Do you know what's you even know what funnier? I mean? I mean, yeah, Eight and a Half is one of my favorites of his films, but we haven't even watched my favorite Fellini films. Oh. <laughs> I keep giving you the other ones. I'm like, what's the yeah, other Yeah, and one? I think I think you're maybe just warming me up to it. Maybe, because <laughs> I, I really want you get, to like So you it. can like get all of my criticism <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, to be honest, this is another thing, and I forgot about this until just just now talking about this. Technically, I'm bringing you on the Fellini journey that I had because I saw Eight and a Half first, I saw Amarcord second, um, and it goes <laughs> on from there. The very last film I saw was my favorite, and it was the most interesting of how to obtain it and all that shit back in the day because it wasn't like today where you could download shit on the internet. <clears throat> or have youtube um but casanova was the last one i saw but it was the one that i wanted to see the most and it was the reason i wanted to see fellini films in the first place and oh oh i forgot about that um in that book that i just had carrying around fellini lexicon Mm -hmm. i opened it up and (laughs) i don't know if i ever told you about this but i read an article in a magazine about china chief studios and this is years and years and years and years and years ago and I read this article and had an image from Fellini's Casanova. And that's why I wanted to see a Fellini film. I wanted to see that one because I saw this image and I was like, oh my God, that film is something I need to say right now. And <laughs> I, um, of course, like I said, through the struggle of getting Fellini uh, back in the day, because to this day, Casanova is not released in America. So you had to get it from somewhere else if you're going to get it. Right. Um, and back way back then when I was collecting this shit in the first place, I had to, I bought a bootleg VHS of it for like $50 on eBay. (laughs) That somebody just recorded their copy of it or whatever. Um, That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I was desperate to see that fucking movie. And of course I loved it. But the best thing is, is like, I saw a horrible grainy ass video of it. So when I actually did eventually get to see it on like DVD, I was like, oh my God, it's even better than I remembered. Because I can see things. <laughs> it's not just a blur. Um, with bad tracking. So anyway, um, when I open up <laughs> when I open up that uh, lexicon, the article that I had been searching for for years and years and years in my belongings that I couldn't find, it's in the back of that book. I just stuck it in the back there. <laughs> so I actually do have the article with the image that yeah. I wanted to see a Fellini film. I still have it. You got out. What? What happened? Did it just cut out on my end? What or... happened? Can you hear me? Do you have waves on your side? Yeah. You mean like waves on my recorder? <clears throat> Let me try something else. Hold up. Let's pop. 
pause this. <laughs> Did you record any of it? We at least have the Zoom recording. Just in case. I am so sweaty. Ugh. That cat might be super annoying sometimes, but he's so fucking cute. You should see him right now. Let's see. Are you talking yet? What? Can you not hear me? I'm not saying anything. Can you hear me now? There we go. What? Now, let me look. There we are. Hello? What? Perfect. You cut out. Your audio just cut out, but I think that maybe my headphone died. Oh, I was about to say, my nothing, nothing went wrong over here. I could hear you the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like nodding and I was like, wait a minute. He stopped. And then I looked back and I was like, he's still talking. There's no delay or anything like that. Uh, oh, great. So you didn't get to hear my fantastic story. No. It doesn't matter. It's not important. I think okay. you reacted pr appropriately. So, <laughs> well, then I there I tried to like tell you to pause, and I was like, oh, 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 oh. oh no, I got that part. I paused for oh, that okay. part. <laughs> um, I don't know. That was it. We suggested films. We gave. Oh, I didn't rate it. <laughs> no, you didn't rate it. Rate it. Uh... Eight and a half toes. That's what I expected. Nothing less than eight and a half or full eating. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of them are going to get... Uh, one gets 10. Two get 10. But we'll get to those. Um, <laughs> see, like I said, we haven't even watched the good ones. I mean, they're, they're all good. Whatever. Fuck me. They're, <laughs> they're fantastic. Um, so, yeah. So that's it. That's cool. Fellini's Amrecord, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. And it, um, yeah, join us next time, whenever that may be, because we have delays in our episodes, but it's fine. We're still out here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you want, do you, did I tell you what I picked for next week? No. Or next show? Uh, <laughs> One Cut of the Dead from 2017. One cut love of it. the dead, is that what it's yes. called? Yes, that's exactly what it's called. One cut of the dead. It is excellent. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh. Yes, John's like this. Sounds like another piece of trash. <laughs> no, make me watch like society. <laughs> oh God, please don't let it be that. Um, no, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was I was gonna say um, never mind. 
What were you going to say? Well, I'll Go say ahead. it off the air. Because uh, <laughs> it's not important. So uh, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Um, join us on the Facebooks. Uh, one foot. Is it one foot on the ground on Facebook? It's yeah. one foot on the ground on Facebook. One foot podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and, and one foot podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, and we actually have had some likes and follows and stuff on some of those things while we've been in a sort of hiatus. hiatus. Uh, people keep viewing our Facebook page all the time. I get constant notifications of it, but I have no idea what that means. That's hilarious. We're most active, so, by the way, on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I meant to post some things, but, <laughs> but I was like, I don't know if Ashley's even going to want to do Amarcord. So I didn't want to say that our next movie was Amarcord on our social media just in case why, we didn't do it. Why, why <laughs> would like, I, I refuse. say no? John, I make you watch society <laughs> yeah, well, and things like that. So, so I'm going to make you up. watch Fleeny. We should we'll yeah, just keep going perfect. back and forth. I'm going to keep making you watch Fleeny <laughs> and you're going to keep watching, gonna... make me watch horror. Uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. I mean, one, one cut of the dead. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to watch it. I can't wait for you to hate it and then love it. <laughs> I'm excited. What is it on? What it, what is it streaming on anything? I I watched it last on Shudder, which I know you have access to. I believe we do. Uh, but it might be on, I don't know, Amazon or Tubi or something like that. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. I mean, I, but, could, I could probably do the same thing. Um, yeah. I'll forget the name of it. <laughs> yes, it to me. you could. <laughs> I will totally forget the name of it. So text it to me. So, yeah. Um, got it. So, yeah. Until next time. Um, We'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs> Gradiska. Love a peanut. <laughs>